Hello there and welcome to the Out of Time Film Podcast, where we talk film, TV, games and all that jazz like there's no tomorrow. This week, we're talking about Tenet. We are revisiting 2020's Tenet because it is our one year special. My name is Tom and yeah! as always, I'm joined with my co-host John. John, one year, this is incredible. It, yeah, it has been. And today, well, it's going to be shorter than usual because, you know, we're not going to... Are we going to expand on... Um, the news and yeah um, we've got a couple of pieces of news we've actually got some emails oh, okay. as well so ignore, it might be ignore me ignore me ignore me sorry I don't <laughs> isn't that what he's talking about he's mad yeah, just diving into it uh but yeah uh we are very excited to talk about tenant uh because our thoughts last year has been you know drastically changed mm, definitely we literally today. watched it this morning as we we're recording this and if you haven't seen our previous thoughts on it Go back 52 episodes ago, in episode one, all the way back in August of last year, uh, we talked about Tenet and um, we also did a Nolan ranking. So there's quite a lot to talk about there. But yeah, one year, that, that is incredible. I think we'll, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about that um, at the end. Um, so let's get straight into it, shall we? Yeah, let's get into it. We are getting a Black Canary film to go straight to HBO Max Um Journey Smollett from uh, Birds of Prey is going to be reprising her role and it will be written by Misha Green who wrote Lovecraft Country, a TV show mm. starring Journey Smollett and Jonathan Majors uh, last year. What do you think about oh, wow. the Black Canary film? I know you haven't seen Birds of Prey, so what does this kind of mean to you? Um, that's going to be interesting because... Mm. Uh, I don't know much about the character, but I will in if I got time to watch uh, Birds of Prey. Mm. So, oh, uh, I I'm sure everyone's going to be really excited for this because I think it's a character that um, is interest. It's interesting to find out because uh, ability is to um, to scream. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, I, yeah. I literally watched Birds of Prey just before I watched The Suicide Squad and having not seen it since early 2020. And it, I th- not only does the film really hold up, but I think Black Canary is the standout of the new characters. And, I, and I'm really happy that we're going to get to see her in, you know, and there's loads of different possibilities. Obviously, she has a history of Black Mask. I mean, this could be a prequel, see her with Black Mask and bring back Ewan McGregor, or even at the beginning of James Gunn, uh, or James Gunn's um, Suicide Squad. Uh, I think Jim Lee said that Savant was captured by Black Canary, hence why he kills a canary at the beginning of the film. Did you hear about oh. that? I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. Yeah, so, like, oh. it's it, it's it, it's really cool um, that, that they're doing this stuff. I mean, like, there's loads of things coming for DC with, like, obscure characters. We've got a Zatanna film coming, an Hourman film coming. You know, Black Adam's going to have loads of the Justice Society of America, like Dr. Fate and Hawkman. I just think it's really cool. I'm excited. Yeah, go for it. Uh, let's see what they got. I agree. Let's see what they've got. Now, another piece of comic book news is Black Panther Wakanda Forever is now set to introduce Riri Williams into the MCU. Riri Williams, of course, being the Ironheart, so, like, the new kind of version of Iron Man, um, but obviously, like, a young teenage girl. Um, so, as, as we already know, played by Dominique Thorne, and she will be getting her own Disney Plus show. So what do you think about her being introduced in Black Panther as opposed to in her own thing? Um, 
I think that's um I think that's cool actually because um you know we've watched Black Panther and you know with the technology uh, behind it and you know how cool it was with the vibranium and uh and see how it worked. I think this is a really good introduction to um to the character to um yeah and interesting i, I hadn't read... i hadn't have thought about that i hadn't thought about the fact that it could be you know she's using wakandan technology and that's kind of, that's quite interesting actually mm. yeah that was what i was thinking so um yeah, yeah you're gonna say that good. you've you're gonna say that you've read some uh stuff with iron in i think so okay i don't know but i've it's in the back of my head i think i've read some but mm. um she's yeah, not someone yeah, she's who a... i know much about like I don't know much other than like, oh, it's another kind of Iron Man. And I feel like because of that, I'm a little bit like, we've already seen Iron Man. He was basically the center of the MCU for 10 years. He's had some really good appearances, you know, and his story's over. Like, I would much prefer not to have another Iron Man archetype, let alone the fact we already have, we still have Rhodey, who is, you know, going to have armor wars and stuff. This is like, I feel like from that point of view, I don't know how invested I am yet. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's the character that, you know, uh, is interesting to introduce. So definitely. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And do you think that they should, cause I don't know, cause obviously Wakanda forever is going to be quite a bittersweet one because it is going to have to, you know, in some way deal with and honor the legacy of Chadwick Boseman. Um, do you think that, cause I kind of feel like maybe if they're introducing Ironheart, they might not be the most concerned with doing, you know, with furthering the story from the first Black Panther. I mean, what do you think? Yeah. Um, with uh, what happens in the MCU, um, I, uh, with Chadwick Boseman and everything, uh, I, I, I don't know. I, I didn't think about, uh, thought about that. Um, yeah, I think I think it could be interesting, but I also I'm more interested in seeing the next chapter for all these characters and how they have to move on with whatever they decide yeah. to do with T'Challa, um, you know, and how Wakanda and how the storytellers will, you know, use this to tell a compelling story rather than as a vehicle to kind of um, introduce this new character. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so that's it for news. Only a little bit of news, as I said, but I feel like we've got, we've got a lot. We've got a lot to say because it's tenant time, John. Yes, yes, indeed. Okay, so I thought I thought let's. I do. I have notes. I have notes about what we said way back in episode one, but I'm going to start it exactly right. how I started it last year. John, explain the story. Oh God! Uh, <laughs> right. So now, I think we've got the an idea of what the story is because last mm. year we had no idea. <laughs> we were talking absolutely nonsense. Yeah, like, it's so it is still really complicated. But I think the saving grace this time is that we watched it with subtitles on, and it was it was like a whole thank, new world. God, <laughs> yeah. Thank God for subtitles. So. <laughs> um, so we've got the understanding of the story. So we've got this uh, CIA uh, agent who's working, uh, well, obviously for the CIA. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and 
he's oh, wow. trying to a CIA agent working for the CIA. Wow. What are the odds uh, of that? So um, they do a mission where they find this object and they didn't know what it is yet. And then the Russians find out what uh, they are the CIA. So they are CIA agents. And then they interrogate them and uh, torture them. And oh, Spoilers, uh, by the way. <laughs> Oh yes, yeah, probably worth the, saying. The film came out a year ago. So yeah, it, it probably... did. If you haven't seen it already, you're probably not going to. So, and uh, it, he gets the suicide pill, which mm-hmm. is not the suicide pill. No, he wakes up and what, what the are we? Guy... What are we? Some kind of suicide pill? <laughs> <laughs> it's the so, same. It's the little uh, things in life. Yes. So, um, it finds out it's a fake one, and he is now into uh, an organization called Tenet. And uh, he um, wakes up from a coma and he is apparently dead. So he works for Tenet and uh, therefore the story's dead. <laughs> this, is, this is already confusing me. <laughs> and I just watched oh, the film. Um so right, I'll 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 give you I'll give you some um some notes from episode continue one. Continue the story. Continue right? the story. Oh, you want me to continue? Okay, okay. So so he he spends ages doing pull ups in a in a windmill. <laughs> Important time saving, um, yeah. abilities. And he learns about Tenet about this time inversion. So he and um, so he finds out about. He goes to uh, an arms dealer who tells him that, um. Oh god, she tells him that like oh. the the bullets weren't sold like as inverted that, that... bullets. These bullets that the, yes. they're like actually like been like like they're from the like the the inverted technique is from this like nuclear fission. So he speaks to Michael Kane and Michael Kane's like, "Oh, it comes from this like Russian uh, arms dealer." And so like he goes to her, it ah, I'm not going okay, to bother explaining. Okay, explain it. Okay, I'll explain it. So the Let's scientist just... or the oh, here we arms go. dealer uh, inversion explains that the these type of ammunitions are this type of metal two mm-hmm. for one, which is plutonium, mm-hmm. and this type of metal causes nuclear fission. Mm-hmm. Therefore, uh, time inversion goes to Michael Caine. Hey, this guy uh, transport these, and he's the guy who gets these uh, gets this stuff. So then uh, he grabs one of the paintings from. Uh, the hus- uh, the wife of the Russian's arms dealer and the painting is by a guy called Aweppo who fell in love with the wife so uh, and it was also to get access and leverage to the arms dealer so that you can uh, so the protagonist could get to the arms dealer so uh so they went to Mumbai. No, that was before. So they went to Mumbai. They've already uh, gone to Mumbai. They don't, do they go back? They... Okay, right. Let's. This is going to take us too long, and so I'm going to straight into. I'm going. I'm going. Here's what we're going to do. I'm going to read out some stuff that we said back in episode one. Okay. Yeah. Do that. Do and that. Do that. Do that. I'm going to see has our opinions changed. Okay. So the first point here is that we said the characters were very blunt. What do you think about yes. that? Do you agree with this, or do you think that that, that, that you now have a new, a newfound perspective on that? I have a new I have a newfound perspective. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> what a twist! Go on. What please. a twist! 
Uh, right, so I have a new perspective on the characters. Uh, because with the subtitles, with the dialogue, I understand a lot more with their intentions and what they're trying to do. In the cinema, we had no idea. We were just thinking, no. oh yeah, these characters, what, what are they saying? Oh, we don't know. I think Christopher Nolan has always had like a bit of an audio problem. A lot of people can't understand Bane in Dark Knight Rises. I've never had that, but I, I get it. A lot of people can't understand yeah. uh, some of the pilots in Dunkirk. I think Christopher Nolan's always like been criticised for having like, you know, audio issues and that is actually the second point on this list in episode one we said that there were audio issues and i think there still are audio issues but with subtitles it doesn't really matter you know yeah and now i understand what the film is trying to do with the things especially with the subtitles definitely Thank God. so yeah characters mm. do you think these characters are blunt or do you think that there's more kind of depth to them now depth to them now yeah Mm. What, what do you think? Yeah, I agree. I think I think a big thing was that I didn't really feel like there was an emotional kind of center of the film, but I feel like there is now. I feel like the toxic relationship between Andre and Cats uh, that kind of you know goes through the film is that emotional core. You know, like the like you've got the huge climax with all the time, you know, like time inversion stuff. <laughs> But you've also got like a more personal climax, which is, you know, kind of Kat taking, finally taking control and, you know, like taking her life back from her abuser and, you know, escaping from the cycle of violence that she is, has been intertwined in throughout the whole film and beforehand. And I thought that that especially was really well done. You know, like I really felt that second time around, understanding everything behind the context of it and not being confused. I really liked that, actually. Yeah. And uh, I feel like that, you know, especially with the end spoilers, you know, with um, the whole plot twist of Neil uh, having a longer time with, Mm. well, I have more knowledge uh, than uh, protagonist. So the protagonist, this is like the start of the friendship. So... And yeah. I was like, oh, that's more emotional impact because it'd be like the dialogue and you know what it does. And the second time around, you see the details and you go, oh, wow, okay. So, yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I was actually quite like choked up by that ending when like throughout you kind of see like as the protagonist begins to understand more and more, he kind of, you know, begins to understand Neil more and more and they kind of become more open with each other. And the, you see like a bit of a friendship begin to bond. And when, like, Neil leaves at the end and says, oh, I see this is the ending of a beautiful friendship, it kind of got me because, like, you know, I feel like the performance has really brought out that angle that I didn't really see because I couldn't understand, like, all the dialogue. And, and therefore, yeah. I think that they have a really nice emotional ending as well. Um, yeah. And I think that was, like, a big thing for me that now I'm, I'm really happy to say... I mean, it's not like it's Inception. I mean, it's not that good, but I think, like, I do think that it's it's a lot better now that, that, that I can understand all of that. Yeah, yeah. And especially with Inception, uh, the first time I was like, okay, what did I just watch? Second time, what? Third time, I was like, oh, I, 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 I can't speak anymore. And then fourth, <laughs> fourth time, 
I was like, ah, Eureka moment, right? There you exactly. Go. I feel like this is a thing that happens in some of Nolan's most like mind-bending, trippy. Like I think Inception, Interstellar, and Tenet. It seems like every time I watch them, um, I've watched Inception so many times that I understand it completely. Um, but with uh, Interstellar and Tenet, I've only seen it. I've only seen them both twice, and and the second viewing is so important because I understand so much more, and I'm just like. Oh my god, that makes so much more sense. Yeah. <laughs> I I thought that wow. particularly Kenneth Branagh as Andre was a really good villain. Um somebody who was just completely, you know, I don't know, I guess kind of like self-centered to the fact that he's like, you know, I'm going to die and I'm going to take the whole world with me and he's gone through so much that he feels like you know, nothing is worthy um, unless unless it's kind of like he's touched it. You know, I thought that was like really a good and a good way to kind of um, contrast cats. Yeah, yeah, and I feel like the cat the characters second time round were more balanced. So mm, definitely, yeah. yeah. And that is that is the third third point on this list is that back in episode one we said that there was a lacking emotional core. Uh, I did. I definitely thought that it was better this time, hundred percent. Yeah, I um, agree. Yeah. Uh, fourth point is that it's brilliantly shot, scored, and acted. I agree. I think that still makes sense. There were a couple of weird edits, like you pointed out a couple of weird edits, oh, and I think that yeah, was like yeah, yeah. sometimes it would cut from like one scene to to the next, and I was just kind of a bit like, oh, okay. That's strange, but yeah, I mean, considering the time inversion stuff, like let's talk a bit about that. That was some of the most, like the action sequences, the time inversion was some of the best, like choreographed and shot and sequenced sequences, I guess. Like they were so good. Yeah. And like in the cinema, it was a bit um, overwhelming, but mm. then uh, she. Uh, and no, sorry, uh, I, my brain decided to go no, and um, and this that it was overwhelming, and I didn't know what was going on. But the second time, I felt a bit more um, at, at better. I feel like, oh yeah, this is great. I can with the music, with the subtitles, and with the with the, everything that was going on. I thought the chore- the choreography of the inversion was just so good to to see, and it was so cool. And I felt more understood, you know, a bit more mm. calmer with what's going on. Yeah, so. the, the, I think the slow buildup of every time we get a big inversion sequence, you understand it a bit more to the point where I thought the ending of the film was so cool. We were just kind of sitting there going like, oh, my God, this is actually like really, really like fun. Like there's this one particular moment where... So there are two teams. There's red team who's going forward in time and blue team who are inverted. And they both have a 10-minute timer on their watch, both one of them going one way, one of them going the other. And they both reach the five-minute mark. And once they do, they both blow up the same building. And so there's this shot of a building coming back together and then exploding and then, like, and then coming back together and exploding from another point. And I just thought that was, like, so clever and so cool. Yeah. And like, it works so weirdly. <laughs> like, you know what's gonna happen, but then it just explodes, and you just go, "Oh my god, that is wow!" So, yeah. I mean, uh, Nolan is is definitely a misunderstood genius. Yes, um, 
I think the score is another thing that I think was like oh, so the good. Score is so good. The, the score. I was like bopping to it. I was like, yeah, yeah, um, and yeah. You know, it's just so enjoyable to listen and uh, yeah, yeah. Another another <laughs> thing that like in in the in in the score. You know, another thing that I think. It made me like the third act more. I was very critical of the third act first time around. I thought it was just a load of action and it was very convoluted and there wasn't that emotional core. But as I said, I think there was an emotional core. You know, it's cutting back and forth between, you know, the big action sequence um, and the the tension to the tension that is more rooted in character on the yacht. But there there was this just amazing bit where um, somebody asks the protagonist something um she's like uh he gives the protagonist gives cat a phone and he's like okay so if you ever in da- if you ever think you're in danger call it um state your name and then like where you are and she's like how how will i know like who's going to respond and he just says posterity which is like a a continual um motif throughout the film like them saying posterity and then the theme posterity starts playing and it's just like this amazing like moment of like where the score just starts booming as they begin to get ready for the um, final action sequence. And I just thought that that was amazing. Yeah. Like it's just, it's so good with the soundtrack and you know how it works into most of the scenes, like uh, the, um, the high scene you were when you get the uh, two for one um, thing and the music's Mm. just like, intense and then just goes into play and it's just like how engaging it is that's the most thing about this film is just like it's so engaging to watch Definitely. and i feel like sometimes with the editing it was a bit weird but mostly it was just so enjoyable in the cinema i had no no idea what was going on and i just felt uncomfortable because i was like my brain is not <laughs> my brain's smooth now i i can't yeah it's i thought that like obviously i think it was really well paced as well like i was never bored i don't think there was a dull moment like there are things that i would cut out of the film like (laughs) the boat sequence where they just kind of ride boats and talk to each other which is you know it's like why do you need to ride the boats like is that really important like that was such a strange scene but other than that i did think that Nolan, you know, took every opportunity he could to, to explain the mechanics and, you know, develop the characters. And I think that it was, I think it was like really well paced. Like never did I ever think like, oh, you know, this could kind of speed up a bit or slow down. I think the action sequences, there's only about like four action sequences at the end of the day, you know, maybe five if you want to say that one of them is an action sequence forwards and backwards. But like, there's not like a lot of, um, you know, there's not like, it's not overwhelmingly action heavy, but you know, but it also has enough to keep the pace moving. Yeah, yeah, and it didn't really ruin the pace. And I thought in the cinema, I thought it was because you know, with the confusion stuff, mm. like the sound, I had no idea what was going on. It was just a bit. Uh, but now we understand a lot more. So, yeah. Another yeah. another um, note that I have here is that we said that it was um, too dry to lacking of 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 comedy but i think that i think like looking back there was quite a lot of levity in there there was an amazing line that i think we both just lost it at where the protagonist is taken into the kitchen of a restaurant 
to be like being up by these guard, guard and he just says i ordered my hot sauce an hour ago it was amazing um yeah just some like really fun like moments that i think i overlooked first time around because i was so busy trying to wrap my head around all the mechanics of everything you know but this time i got to kind of sit back and enjoy this the good cinema oh good cinema yes enjoy that uh but I wish, you know, in the cinema, the audio was a bit better. And I'd be mm. like, whoa. So. Yeah, even if we do have subtitles, I think that is a problem. You know, I think that we probably would have liked this a lot more if we had seen it. And, and you know, Nolan had sorted out some of those audio issues. Because that's like, I, I do think that's really frustrating. How, you know, for a whole year, I've been saying, eh, Tenet's all right. It's not Nolan. It's probably my least favorite Nolan film. But now, I you know, I feel a lot more positively about it. And it's kind of, and it, and it annoys me that, that I had to, that, you know, that I've been thinking that for so long and now I'm like, oh, actually I was, I was the one who was wrong, you know? Yeah. Um, wait, uh, sorry for notifications. My, That's my okay. friends are me. Uh, right, so. Um, He's getting so many calls. He's such a popular lad. Oh, uh, we're so popular. <laughs> so um, with everything, uh, with the story, the story in the cinema uh, we said was too confusing mm. because we didn't know what was going on, especially at the end of the fa- uh, of the battle. But now, yeah, we felt a bit more calmer. We felt, mm. you know, we just, you know, understand everything with the subtitles. There's it still stuff not... that there's still stuff that was confusing me. I have to say, yeah, because like there were still moments that I was like, I'm a little bit confused, a little bit lost. I guess when I watched it the third time round, I understand it even better. And as you probably just heard from us trying to explain the plot, there are still things that are like so much is going on, and the, the plot moves so at such a brisk pace that it, you know, that it's, uh, it's easy to lose things. I think get caught. I mean, yeah. What an, another note here is that we thought that Nolan got too caught up with the mechanics of time inversion, which creates a lack of character focus. And I kind of do agree with that. I think that Nolan, you know, he spent so much time explaining the rules that when they were used in practice, I was still kind of confused. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think the character uh, stuff was balanced. I thought it was there. But mm, yeah. I think it was mainly about time inversion itself you know what was going to be like this but sometimes uh, time inversion was taking over the spot we didn't understand what was going on really with like what are these characters sometimes doing you know like when they get the painting or what to do with that and sometimes we just forget about those and go oh wait what what just but didn't we yeah so yeah i feel like this film could have been made uh simpler if nolan had of you know taken some things out and just kind of made things a little bit more streamlined it it would be easier to understand Um, and obviously as we've said it is easier to understand with subtitles and second time round but you know maybe maybe I'd understand it even more if Nolan had of you know just told us a little bit more do you know what I mean yeah and how you know how important it is is to the characters but it was like it was, you know, what was going on, but I feel like time version was just all over the place, you know, mm. with what was going to happen. So, definitely, yeah. definitely. One one thing that we also said was that the the opening was convoluted and unclear. But you know, I really like the opening this time round. You know, I, seeing some of those dots that are eventually connected 
you know, seeing Nolan set up things that he's eventually going to pay off, I thought was actually really, really interesting, you know? Yeah. And I mean, this film just fascinates me now. Like, you know, I'm kind of like, I'm, I'm almost wanting to go back and watch it again and, you know, understand it even more because like yeah. Inception's my all-time favorite Nolan film. And I know that yours is Memento and they're both yeah. like difficult films to understand. They're films that I would say that Memento is probably the easiest of the three to understand. Um, yeah. But like, you need to like think about it a lot. And I feel like that is where Nolan excels at. The more you think about his films, the more you're like, oh, that is actually genius. This is like really, really incredible. Yeah, I, I agree. Like it it's a film that makes you want to explore more about like the world and everything, you know, what's gonna happen. And hopefully we get to see more of this. Uh, because we well in the cinema we're like, eh? Okay, uh, but now it makes us feel more connected to what was going to, ha- you know, what was happening. So, um, yeah, um, what you said. <laughs> My yeah. brain's still just trying to process what you <laughs> I know. It's, it's been say. less than an hour since we finished, or maybe just over an hour at this point. And I'm kind of still like, I, there's still so much that I'm confused about. Here's a question. Obviously, at the end, Neil talks about like, oh, we've known each other for years and you're going to meet me in the future for you. And we're going to have loads of like adventures and it's going to be great. And then we said like, we were like, oh, yeah, sequel. Would you do you think you you would want a sequel now? Um, I, I actually want to see that, actually, yeah, because uh, I said actually same. twice. Uh, I really want to see that because... Um, I know Nolan, well, Nolan did the Dark Knight trilogy, mm. but he can do something with this because um, I feel like uh, now we've got the idea of time inversion, we want to see more of the characters, you know, like how it's going to be interesting, you know, what other missions can they have, you know, what, um, ah, it's going to be so interesting if he yeah. does that. So. Like, I think, as you say, Nolan hasn't made a sequel apart from like in the Dark Knight trilogy, but all the, all three films are very like distant from each other. They have like an ongoing kind of narrative about Bruce and uh, but like each film is different threat it's not like something like lord of the rings uh where you know where like each each thing is like very you know closely interwoven i think that's what tenet could be like you know i think the second film if they made it and i would love him to make it i think out of all of his films this is the one where i'm like yeah i'd totally love to see more i think this is a concept that can be expanded upon i think the characters are really good and, and obviously they've set up for more stuff if they want to and i think that John David Washington and and um, Robert Patterson have a really good chemistry and could like yeah. you know really sell that friendship even more in a second film, uh, maybe even a third film. I mean, I don't know. I guess if Nolan has something to tell, a story to tell, I think he should do it. Yeah, I agree, and I feel like this is the one of the stories that you can expand upon because I feel like there's a left, there's a lot that's left out. Mm. So. Um, yeah, you definitely, I mean, I wouldn't say you can, like, I wouldn't say that there's anything else to say in Inception or Interstellar or yeah, Dunkirk, exactly. but this film, I feel like there's loads more that we can explore. Yeah, and because uh, there's, there's there's a lot more to experiment, actually, you know, mm. with a lot more characters and, like, what it can add. Uh, but as you said, like, Inception, Memento, and, uh, and some, you know, all the other yeah. uh, um Christopher Nolan films—they're all standalone. They are the trilogy. So mm. 
they have their own narrative. So this, this could work really well. And the, uh, because we want to see more of the relationship between uh, Neil and the protagonist. And uh, yeah, I'm up for it. I'm up for it. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, I think I, I, I'm doubtful whether this will happen because Tenet wasn't amazingly received. I think everyone kind of thought everyone everyone did think that it was it was quite convoluted and there were problems with the um, audio and, and and such that that did turn a lot of people off to it. Like I myself, I, I regret it now, obviously, but I was telling a lot of people, "Oh, don't but don't bother go watching Tenet. You know, uh, like it's so complicated." Oh, and I wish that, that. Yeah, I, I wish now I that I'd have said, said. Well, I said I enjoyed it. I think I said it. I yeah, I definitely. I think from the beginning you liked it more than me, um, which. Brings me to so obviously episode two of the podcast. We ranked all of our favorite Nolan films, um, and for me, this is my least favorite Nolan film. And for you, this is your sixth favorite out of his nine films. Yeah. Um. So what what do you think now? Has that changed? Yeah, it has. Okay. So where would you think that? Where would you put it now? Do you think? So okay. I understand more of the story. Wait, is it now. nine films? Wait, is it nine? Wait, following Memento, Insomnia, Prestige, Batman Begins, Inception, The Dark Knight. The did I say the Prestige? Interstellar, Dark Knight Rises, Dunkirk. Yeah. Oh, it's eleven. It's eleven actually. Eleven. Yeah. So yeah, I want to put it uh, top three or top. Yeah, top three. Oh wow. Okay. Interesting. Um. I mean, it's definitely not my least favorite anymore, and I'm really happy about that. Um, I wouldn't exactly say top three. Um, I think I'd say it's a, it, it's 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 kind of like in the middle. Um, I think that it's as good as a lot of his films, but I think a lot of more of his films are tighter and have better, still, just concepts that I enjoy more and that I think are executed better. Um, but off the back of that, what I think I don't remember what what we gave out of ten originally. But what do you what are you giving out of ten now? So I think you gave it a seven. I yeah I remember I remember giving it a seven. I think you gave it an eight or a nine. Yeah, eight. I gave it an eight. Okay. What would you give it now? Do you think? A nine. Okay. Yeah, uh, I I want I'd want to say nine, but I think with subtitles nine. <laughs> Without subtitles eight, because like <laughs> the audio, I think is still a problem, and you it's know, like it's not really much you can do. You are at a concert, and these people are trying to explain you quantum physics. So yeah, and they're just yelling over things like, "So basically, protons." It's like it's like you know you need that video that that Nolan did for Memento. He's got yeah. a whiteboard, and he just starts drawing. He's uh-huh. like, okay, here's this, here's this, here's this, and this. Yeah, this is th- like please do that. Please he should do, do that, that for all of wait, his films. Wait, what if he did what? that for the blue wave behind? His... Maybe he did. I mean, you've got the bl- Maybe he did. special features. Let's do it. I would love to yeah. hear, you know, like Nolan talk about it more because like, I don't know, like under- understanding a director, I think is so important to, you know, understanding their visions. It's like how, you know, we're going to rank all the Wes Anderson films. I just lent you Bottle Rocket to watch. And it's so interesting to see how it, their style progresses. And I think the same is true for Nolan, you know, Tarantino, a whole load of, um, you know, directors who have a such that kind of distinct style. Yeah. 
yeah and i wish you know a lot uh of directors you know explain their films because that would engage the audience as mm. well like oh look at the details oh look at the video look at the uh, stuff that they yeah, did. Well, especially and if the especially... films are as com- are as convoluted and complicated as tenet <laughs> yeah definitely so, do you have any last thoughts on tenet mm, uh no i actually enjoyed it this yeah time. me too i mean this... i didn't expect to but this is a big surprise yeah it was a big surprise so definitely yeah i enjoyed it so yeah me too definitely recommend if you did if you watched it first time and you didn't like it try it again i think that try again you know i've always said any film a second viewing is important and tenet Uh, proves the theory like nothing else yeah and watching the second uh uh, a film the second time is a gift because it is a gift. you're just it is so good and uh but there's sometimes films that you want to watch it one time or something like that Mm. um so well i think it was good thing that we waited if i'd have watched this film like straight away maybe not but you know the fact that that we waited a year i think that that really helped yeah i agree but i forgot so much of the stuff that happened in this film only i only remembered like the the basics of the plot and so like kind of revisiting it and, and figuring stuff out you know, while also kind of having that experience again was part of why I liked it so much more. Yeah. So, oh, so different. I, I, I didn't expect to enjoy, uh, enjoy it again. I know, because... I'm going to be dreaming about this film forever now, just like thinking like, oh God, this is like, this is still hurting my brain, but I love it. I love it. Yeah, it's just one of those films that you can't explain slowly. But I have been watching like YouTube videos uh, on explaining Tenet. And mm. none of it just can't get to my head. But yeah. second viewing, it just worked somehow. Yeah, I mean, that. I mean, I guess that's the beauty of it. Christopher Nolan, you are a genius, sir, and I salute you. I salute you, sir. Let's Bye. then, let's get straight to viewing, shall we? Uh, is What have you watched slash read slash played? Not necessarily this week, but recently, because I know that we only recorded the last episode yesterday. So... Uh, I have been reading uh, a graphic novel called, and uh, let me get it, because it was a bit confusing the first time reading it. Okay. But, uh, here we just, go. just like Tenet. Oh my God. It all comes full circle. Uh, I have the comic Secret Wars. Oh, really? Okay. So is this the new one or the old one? Um, I was a bit confused because I thought, wait, is this the new one or old one? So I was looking at it and it's the new one. Okay. I think. What year is it? Uh, it is very... Um, uh, let me look in there. Um, just give me a second. 2015. 2015. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. So uh, it was... I don't think if it's the same people who did all the... See uh, other wars as well. Um, well, so... just like how DC loves their infinite uh, crises, uh, Marvel loves their secret things, secret invasion, secret empire, secret wars. So this one was is very different because it's like a rebirth of the whole universe, really. Uh, so, like, basically, the Marvel universe is no more. Like it's ended, really. 
and yeah. they had this mass massive battle with two Earths colliding, and um, and the all the Avengers fight for it, but then uh, some of the characters are being transported, and then the whole universe is rebooted, and guess who isn't who is basically god of this universe? Don Cheadle. No. Oh, damn it! Who? Uh, I know it's it's sad, but <laughs> it's Victor Von Doom. Oh my guy. Yeah. So he is like the creator of this whole different universe, but the other uh, surviving uh, members of the Avengers, they are transported to this new, new universe, which has been, you know, being reset. Uh, reset. So, yeah, it is crazy uh, because, you know, uh, because there's some characters that have been uh, merged, but also being changed and like some of the big villains are in this as well like thanos um who else uh uh the, the other great villains as well i think thanos is just like the <laughs> thanos main one and there. everyone else <laughs> no let me let me get all the other is magneto there from. because he's he's my favorite villain um uh what okay no he's not what i'm sorry that's a travesty. Uh, have to knock on Marvel's door and tell them that they are poo-poo heads six years ago. <laughs> but it's focused on, you know, how to redeem back the old universe. Mm. And it is crazy. <laughs> uh, like, what other comics have you been reading? So uh, it was a bit confusing at the start because I was thinking, wait, what? Why? Why are you giving me the order? Uh, why are you giving me the order information right now? And I thought uh, I was reading the old one, but no, I was reading the new one uh, because I thought, oh, this this is like a revamped version of it, you know, like updated version of it. No, it wasn't. So, um, uh, so how do I explain this? So, okay, I'm just going to talk about how good it is. So the writing. Yeah, I thought it was pretty standard. Uh, I thought it was a bit uh, enjoyable to understand. But the 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 drawings, it's great, uh, and it does that that unique Marvel style to it. But this this is one of the best Marvel stories. Uh, okay, so do you read. think it, do you think it holds up? You know, uh, against like you know like Civil War and and Secret Empire, some of the best. It's kind of like it's a weird. Crossovers. It is a weird one. This one. Okay, so. Uh, how do I feel about it? So, with everything that was happening in this, it was a bit complicated with everything. Sometimes I was a bit boring. I was a bit bored of this one bit. I was like, what? what what's got to do with anything? Uh, and I felt, I felt that was a bit pointless, that. So, um, yeah. And uh, what else? Um, but it was, it's, a, it's a really cool interest. That um, concept. Great. So, <laughs> how interesting concept! <laughs> it's a great interest, I must say. Um, so, what would you give out of ten? I would give it an eight or nine. Okay, I that's feel pretty like good. Yeah, uh, awesome. it is a short one. It's a short one, I think. Mm. Um, it doesn't have many pages, but it 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 does feel like a long one. But um, yeah, I would recommend. So, yeah. Awesome. Right, cool. Uh, what have you been reading, man? 
Oh, well, played. something that I watched uh, the cinema uh, this week was The Courier. So this is a Benedict Cumberbatch film, and it's about, um, it's a true story about this guy called Greville Wen in the, Greville Wynn, sorry, in the uh, Cold War, just, just before the Cuban Missile Crisis, who um, is just like a regular businessman who becomes a, uh, I guess a courier for, for for Soviet secrets from the US uh, from the USSR to uh, England and then to America um, and it's this like so it's very much kind of like a has like all those Cold War kind of things you know obviously most of it being set in Russia and I thought I was really impressed for a story that I didn't know about for something that was so integral like this guy if it wasn't for him you know the Cuban Missile Crisis could have led out in, you know, to full nuclear war if it wasn't for him and the, uh, and the, um, the Russian uh, agent, uh, like congressman who he who he teamed up with. You know, this would have been a whole different thing. And it's it's such a the reason why it's such a good story is because I feel like it was made in the third act. You know, the first two acts, there's a lot of montages, and I, and I think that would be my main criticism. There's a lot of montages in it, and I feel like there is an inability towards the beginning to to hold on a moment to really understand the situation of this man and you know what he's like and in a deep way you know he's kind of like a family man who who has to kind of struggle with the fact that he's not allowed to tell anyone that he's doing all these things for the government um he just has to pretend that he's a regular businessman but he's really struggling inside um, and i thought benedict Cumberbatch played that perfectly but what happens in the third act now without spoiling it um is the film kind of you know presents a choice to the main character and upon taking this choice you know the stakes and the danger gets ramped up so much and what you then see is this you know this moment where you know you see you see somebody who is really you know run through the ringer a little bit and and, and taken through stuff that's that's really like intense for anyone let alone this person who had like no desire to really get involved with the government and stuff um and you know, it, it it shows like strength, you know, for your country and for your friends and, you know, the ability to to make allies across, you know, different countries. And I think it's a story that, as, as I said, I didn't know, but is really important. And yeah, I, it, it was just something that totally came out of left field and really surprised me. And for somebody who loves history and, you know, Cuban Missile Crisis was one of my favorite things to explore when I did it for, um, you know, in high school. I, I really think that this is a story that, you know, should be told more and is told in such an elegant way, in such an emotional way, especially in that third act. But yeah, eight out of ten. Really, really enjoyed it and definitely one that's worth going to see at the cinema. Oh, OK. Right. Yeah. I'll add that to my list. You definitely, um, yeah, definitely should. So, yeah, what else have you watched, played, listened to? Red. All right, let me look. Let me look on Disney Plus. Ah. Hey, have you, have you been uh, have you been keeping up with Monsters at Work? Oh, what? I completely forgot about that show. <laughs> well, I, I, I I'll, I'll just say I've been watching it. It's fine. It's still fine. And um, there is a there is one like quite fun episode where the Abominable Snowman comes back. What? Yeah. All right. Okay. Abominable. Um, can you believe right. it? They should call me the adorable snowman. Anyway. Oh. Um. What's it? 
Oh, oh yes. Okay. I've only watched one episode. So yeah, talk to me. I've watched the episode of What If T'Challa Became Star-Lord. Okay. So this one, um, I'm not going to talk about the whole thing, but um, I thought this episode was good. I thought it was good. Um, But, you know, it's not a masterpiece, but Mm. it was... It hit it hit different. Mm. <laughs> um like because it's Chadwick's uh, Chadwick Boseman's last performance as uh T'Challa in this episode. And uh it it was quite emotional at the end. Uh and it was a really good uh, what what's it is, um because it really explored about uh you know, what if uh, T'Challa was Star Lord and there was a lot of funny bits as well uh, that you could see like lots of the Easter eggs and uh and it was cool. Um but with story wise it was a bit it, it was it, it the dialogue was incons- inconsistent. Sometimes okay. it would be a bit all over the place and the the voice acting was a bit hard to listen to. Mm. Like I couldn't really connect with the characters as much because you know you got used to the voice voices a bit. Uh but I, I, if you heard about like the voice uh well, the actor's not doing the voice uh, lines or something. Mm. So, like, Maury Downey Jr. is not going to play, uh, it's not going to voice as, uh, voice, ah, voice acts as uh, Iron Man. So, uh, so there's other actors that are trying to. Yeah, that was, I mean, I've only watched episode one, but um, uh, Josh Keaton played uh, Steve instead of um, Chris Evans. Yeah. And, uh, but there's uh, lots of uh, different actors trying to, you know, do it, so, uh, put in them all. So you will see the fan favorite um, characters. Mm. Yeah, I've heard, I've heard quite a bit of it, and I'm, I'm, I, I guess I'm apprehensive. I mean, so I'm interested in what you thought of episode one because I thought that episode one was, you know, like really fast paced. You know, the acting was, you know, pretty flat. I don't think some of the regular actors could translate you know their acting into their voices very well it was you know just like a basically like beat for beat like you know plot remake of um first avenger but i didn't feel like i knew any of the characters you know the character moments would you know replace with action that i thought was you know quite lackluster to be honest and yeah i wasn't hugely impressed by it so i'm I'm curious what did you think of episode one yeah but i felt yeah this was good but it was emotional with you know, being Chadwick's last performance. So, mm. uh, but yeah, yeah. So I, I, I liked it, but it wasn't that good. Mm. So I would give it six out of ten. Okay. Um. Yeah. So yeah. What What about episode? What about episode one? There. I don't know if you heard me. Like, what? What do you think of? What did you think of episode one? I didn't watch that one. Oh. Okay. Interesting. You just went straight to episode two. Well, I hear that episode yeah. two is a big improvement anyway. So, so good. Yeah. So six out of ten. Nice. Yeah. I, I liked it, but, you know, just give it a watch. Yeah, yeah. I, I definitely intend to just keep up, you know. Right. Okay. Uh, anything else you watch? I got one more thing. And I kind All of right. forgot this uh, last week. Uh, I watched Reminiscence. And this is something ah, that... Ah, yes. The film were... that you told me last week that mm-hmm. you said it was 
All right. Yeah, I was really excited for this one. Obviously, this is uh, Lisa Joy. I think her name is. She did Westworld. Westworld's obviously really popular. I haven't seen it myself, but, you know, I hear it's got some really nice concepts in it. It looked very similar to um, Inception. It's actually produced by Jonathan Nolan, who wrote Inception, um, or at least co-wrote it. I, it, it's, it's definitely like a sci-fi noir. And in it, you know, there's lots of very interesting um uh, kind of concepts of going into memories and stuff like that. Um, and the problem with it was that it just didn't have anything that really made it stand out. You know, it just kind of, it felt like it was a story that I'd seen loads of times before with a really interesting concept that I don't, that I think you could have done something more with. There were, you know, it kind of briefly explores corruption in, in this government, in this world that is, you know, slowly flooding and I thought that was a lot more interesting than this kind of love story that they that they want to tell. Um, that was like my big problem with it. I, you know, I thought the acting was really good and that there were some like nice little action sequences. The world building, I don't think was the most interesting part. You know, the, the idea of this of this world that, you know, is flooding and is dying and kind of only awakes at night. That's really interesting stuff. And the whole kind of idea of going into memories and people being so hung up on nostalgia. That was stuff that I thought really stood out to me. Um, and, and yeah, I think it did, it moved like a good pace. It was just under two hours. You know, they definitely could have dragged it out, but they didn't. However, I think that the, the third act was so confusing because, and I'm not going to spoil it, but there's, a, you know, at, at the end, there is a whole kind of bit where the plot starts to make sense, uh, or at least to the protagonist begins to kind of understand, you know, what's going on. And then just as like, he decides, oh, he's about to make this big decision. Um, it cuts to him right at the end and it feels like and then he reveals to the antagonist that he's figured out so much stuff all which happened on off screen there was no moment where like he did investigating and like you know realize these things it was stuff that then just kind of started bringing stuff in from the past and i feel like the film could have done with a good like 10 minutes or so um to kind of like you know flesh that out a little bit um, and 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 I think right and 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 I think from there that it's only like ten minutes left, but things begin to fall apart because you just get the weirdest ending where, you know, like the circumstances kind of like contradict themselves or how everything ends up, and it just kind of left me thinking. I kind of you know it just didn't leave the best taste in my mouth, even though the film presented some really interesting concepts, and um, I think that. I think that maybe if the if the script had been worked on a little bit more and maybe in the hands of somebody else, um, obviously, presumably Lisa Joy is, is used to working on TV in Westworld and stuff. But I think, you know, they could have been a little bit tighter. So, yeah, unfortunately, while I was really excited for it, it didn't quite hit the mark. I'll give it a seven out of ten. It wasn't great. But, you know, I think, you know, you probably enjoy it more the less of this kind of genre you've seen. All right. Yeah. So... So I mean, watch yeah. it if you. I know that you're. I know that you like the look of the trailer. So I think I think it's worth watching if you if you like the look of the trailer. But if not, if you don't, if you're stuck on what to watch, I'd say The Courier is a much better film to watch at cinema than Reminiscence. All right, cool. I'll I'll see. Yeah. yeah. So then, okay. before we uh, get right to the end, we got some we got some emails to talk about. Oh yay! So um, just uh, the other day, I put on I put on our Instagram. Uh, to be able to put on some questions so I've got a couple of questions that I thought we just we could we could cover a little bit so um, our first one here is from of course it's from Joe 
who says, when's Hedgehog Dog Films coming back? Um, we don't know, Joe. We don't know. Maybe no, one day. Know. Maybe one day we'll cover Zack Snyder's Justice League and <laughs> I can listen to you guys argue about it. That would be great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe maybe one day. Maybe one day in the future. Um, and our, our second one is from uh, Rosie, who, say, who asks, what's our favourite pod? And this is an interesting one. What do you think your favourite pod was to record? Oh, good question. Um, right, let me have a look through... Uh... The Out of Time Film Podcast. So, I mean... Oh, I know I, them. I, had... hmm? I know them. Out of Time Film Podcast. Top oh, ones. Yeah. Top guys, yeah. So, oh, let me go from the beginning. Okay. Um, the most fun... Well, the most fun episode I think I had was talking about Zack Snyder's Justice League. That was good. Yeah, that was a fun one because we didn't have any, didn't do weekly viewing. We didn't do um, news. We just did about an hour and, and and three quarters just talking about Justice League. Yeah. And, uh, but another thing that was really annoying as well that we talked about Black Widow because it was just so bad. <laughs> yeah. I, I always have quite fun talking about bad films. You just kind of sit there and just kind of think why, but you also get a good, you get a good, like, you know, I have fun just kind of, ranting about these these films that i wasn't too big on um i i have to agree with you i think some of my favorite pods have been the Zack snyder extravaganza that was so much fun to look through all of the, all of his filmography well not all of it but a lot of his filmography that was that was great and and you know those ones um seem to be quite popular as well those are some of our m- most popular videos however i think my favorite one was batman v superman um i just uh, I love that film and I love talking about it so much. I thought we came up with some really interesting stuff and I love talking about stuff like the politics in that film and, you know, Batman as an, in his role as an antagonistic force and Superman and, and Lex Luthor. I think that film's so interesting and I just, I, I had so much fun talking about it. Yeah. And that was like, so fun to talk, talk definitely, about. So. Definitely. Um, we, we also have um, an email from our, uh, like the only person who ever emails us, Master M. Rebo, uh, who says, hello, boys. Happy one year. Happy, happy one year, John. Happy one year. Oh, wow. <laughs> very proud of you. Yeah, very proud of you for what you guys have achieved over the past year of the pod. I've loved every episode and can't wait for another great year. Yeah, I've got so much cool stuff coming. I have a few interesting questions for you guys. You don't have to answer them all, but we'll definitely judge you guys for the ones you missed out on your general answers. Well, thanks. Good luck. Okay, so the first one, favorite pod to record. We just, we just, we just answered that one actually. So yeah, we that's just good. And that. um, the thumbnails have also been excellent. Yes, they have Zane, our thumbnail guy. You should see some of the stuff that he's got lined up for year two. Yeah, it's incredible. We've got some really cool stuff. So the thumbnails have also been excellent. Which you think have been the best, and what would you say was the worst? Aha! aha. Uh, I haven't. I have okay. an answer for the worst. I can tell you what the worst is immediately. The worst one um, is the original holiday special. And I'll tell you why, because oh my God. I was importing it and I literally was texting Zane. I was like, Zane, Zane, like, we need a thumbnail quick. And he woke up and he like been asleep all day and he woke up and he was like, oh, right. And he just slapped our logo on a random picture. I was like, OK, here you go. And I was just like, this is it's like the most laziest one. Um, thankfully, though, he's he's tried pretty much every time since then. So that's my least favorite. Um, I couldn't tell you my favorite, though. There's been so What's many. My least favorite? What's my least favorite? Been um, so many cool ones, man. I think my least favorite was talking about um, Milan 
2021 when that <laughs> came out oh, that yeah. one i did not i i was not in for a ride for that one because what I was would like, you say yeah. what would you say your favorite thumbnail is oh my favorite yeah uh, i would say um ah the La La Land and Spider-Verse. Oh, that's a great one. Best scores. Yeah, I love that one. Um, I, I really like the ones where it's like where we do our rankings because Zane always puts together some of my favorite. One of my favorites is the best comic book costumes one. Fun fact, the picture of Falcon from that is actually from the hot toy of Falcon. And uh, for our Suicide Squad we did recently, the 2016 one, that's a toy of Harley Quinn as well. So it's always fun knowing some of those intricacies. Um, one of my favorites is definitely Justice League. Zane spent so long trying to get like... Um, drawing those those ones and then the way that it's half of it's black and white and half of it's um, coloured I, I always really liked but I really couldn't tell you my favourite um, I am going to have to say Ooh, there's so many cool ones I don't know um, I'm going to say Star Wars Clone Wars I, I really love that animation style and I love the Kit Fisto and Mace Windu and General Grievous kind of like um thing and this is the start of because i always said to zane we need more green in it and i think since then we've had so much more green and it makes me really happy so yeah there's definitely a favorite um thumbnail so then master and and mira then asks uh, this is an interesting question if you had to sell each other how much would you try and get and what would you say to sweeten the deal <laughs> okay okay what? okay john come on if you're gonna put if you're gonna sell me how <laughs> how much would you try and get and then what would you say to sweeten the deal I what? What kind of question is that? Right. Answer it. Uh, I, I have no idea. I honestly I have no idea. <laughs> you got okay, okay, right. If I was gonna sell you, I think um hmm. Honestly, hmm. I, I don't know. Couldn't that, put a price on a... you, man. I couldn't put a price on you, but I'd I'd definitely sell you for about one pound and I'd throw in my ultimate collector series money in Falcon to make it worth it. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. Okay. I'm kidding, of course. Uh, Come on, how much honestly, you sell me I for? No tell me. I have, have no me. idea. You got to answer it. How much you sell me for? A pound. Yeah. Pound. Good. Good. We're both worth a pound. We are the scum yeah. of the earth. Uh, for. Um, yeah, how would know. you sweeten the deal? And. Just, just uh, a bit more oh, ginger hair. Like Keanu Reeves portrait. Oh, oh that's, a, that's a pretty cool portrait, I must say. Um, yeah. So our next question is, do you think Patreon is an option for the future? Yes, I'd love to do a Patreon. I think one day if we have like a big enough following, a Patreon would be great. And I think if we ever do, we'll do some commentaries on there. I'm thinking we do some commentaries of Fast and Furious and Diary of Rumpy Kid. Like there'd be loads of films that we could do. And um, that would be yeah. great. And um, if so, how much would I have to pay to, for John to watch all of Arrow? <laughs> how much would someone have to pay for you to watch all of Arrow, John? Oh my god. Uh well, I'm gonna be nice. Uh I would say 10 quid. 10 quid. That's a lot. I, I mean, know. considering but what, no, all of Arrow. Oh, all of I it. No. That Honestly, includes like I The Flash, know. Supergirl, Legends of Tomorrow, Black Lightning, Batwoman, Superman Lois, Star Girl. It's a lot of shows. There's like six hundred oh, on episodes. Uh, 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 one billion dollars. Be my time on my hand. One uh, billion pounds. Let's do it. One billion pounds. Yes. <laughs> one billion pounds. Yeah. 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 Do that. Okay. Yeah. 
Next question. That- these, these questions are crazy. If you had to send your co-host into a film slash game universe, we had to control them through the plot. What would be your choice? And what do you think would happen? Oh, okay. I, I, okay. I know exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to have you be at the beginning of the Suicide Squad as part of Team A and just be savant watching everyone die <laughs> and then having your head blown up. <laughs> that is it. That I, is I, mean. I, I would but, but pay. Okay. I'd pay uh, good okay. money for that. Uh, I would have... Put, I would put you in uh, right in the Batman Begins. Uh, you're more of the goons, oh, no. and you're just getting destroyed by Batman. Oh, thanks, man. I mean, if you're gonna get beaten up by anyone, I'd love to get beaten up by Batman. That'd be great. Yeah. Okay. That'd be crazy. Next question: If you had to sell one of your limbs, which one? Arm. <laughs> arm. No, left arm. Left arm. Okay. I'm gonna go right leg. I think oh, I, right, I, could, okay. I could I could do it without my right leg. I could still run because I'd get it like a prosthetic or something. But yeah, I need my arms. Um, furthermore, would you replace it with a robot limb? However, the catch is that the yes. robot limb has a mind of its own and you can't control it. Oh, boy. Um, oh, boy. <laughs> what do you think? Um, that is crazy. Um, I'm not going to have a robot limb. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I think I'd be okay as well because like... If I have like a robotic leg, it can just kick people whenever it wants. And I don't want that. And if I have a robotic arm, it's gonna punch me in the face all the time. Oh my god, like that episode of Rick and Morty. Just hasn't it just oh god, yeah. a, a mind of its own. And the final question yeah. is: what's the worst thing you've played slash watched for the pod? Um just like Suicide the thumbnail. No, nah, I'm Suicide gonna say God. Star Wars holiday special. God, it was bad. Um it was so bad. I had to uh, I had to watch it at two times speed. It was painful. It was painful to watch. I I did that. But I want to say that Suicide Squad, that (laughs) just gave me two hours of depression. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. You can listen to John on that episode. He's just like slowly just sitting there just like, I want death. Losing it. Yeah. Yeah. So that, thanks so much, Master M. Rebo. The greats, they have described themselves here as. So yeah, thank you, Master M. Rebo. And... Thank you, everyone. I'll, I'll use this opportunity to um, roll it out. Thank you, everyone, for listening for one year. I mean, that's crazy that we've been doing this one year. I mean, I didn't even know how long this would last at the beginning, but now it's generally something that I look forward to every week. Yeah, and it it's so good. I love it. Yeah, mm. it's a great thing to, to do. And uh, yeah. And I'm glad that we talked about Tenet. It's great. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I think the people who I got to thank the most for are, are you know, obviously you, John. I have to thank you so much uh, for, you know, uh, coming with me. This this was my pitch, yeah. you know, and I, I was saying let's do a podcast and thank you for coming with me and engaging and, and, you know, being the best. Thank you to Zane for your amazing thumbnails every week. You know, thank you to everyone who's ever kind of engaged. Joe, for your couple of times that you've, you know, been with us uh, as, uh, for our collabs. There's just so many people who, you know, it means the world to me that you guys have, you know, supported us and, you know, engage and hopefully you know year two will get even more you know hopefully we'll get more emails and more comments and stuff like that stuff is you know it means the world to us um but yeah uh you know if you like this video and if you like any of our videos please give them likes and subscribe and you can get in touch with us as always um at gmail.com or a twitter instagram at film pod uh or me on twitter at tom the boardman um 
yeah, yeah that's it. just thank you for the thank you for the year guys it's been it's been amazing thank you john it's been it's been incredible thank you it's it, it, it's been so yeah. good um any last words no that is it oh yes uh wait wear your mask when you go to the cinema we want to keep them open <laughs> stay uh, safe guys wash your hands when you're seeing friends it wish you wash your hands or just you know be safe yeah also can i point yeah. out that um <laughs> on episode four of the podcast which is literally next week um as as we record uh, um as, as this episode comes out on next episode episode four which is 50 weeks ago we said oh yeah maybe one day we'll be back um in person recording again i don't know if i'll ever be back in, in person recording ever again <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's yeah. never gonna happen but yeah i've had such a blast next week we're doing shang chi and the legend of the ten rings the latest um latest marvel flick uh, so that's going to be great and we've got so much um in store for year two you know straight off the bat we've got rick and morty season five venom star wars visions no time to die wes anderson's film venom let there be carnage the french dispatch last night in soho eternals ghostbusters afterlife top gun maverick every single spider-man film live action that is and matrix king's man best film 2021 and that is just this year there's going to be so much coming and it's going to, I'm, I'm so excited. Hope you guys will all come on the ride with us. Um, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I think that's it from me. Yeah, that's it from me as well. We live so, in a twilight world. And dusk. Wait. <laughs> wait, was the light? There are no friends at dusk, maybe? Uh, there's no friends at dusk. Yeah. Right. Tenet. So Thank yeah. Thank you for listening. Indeed. Uh, take what you're giving. Give nothing back. Goodbye. Goodbye.